It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jay Crawford, Adam, the bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him. Mikey McNuggets, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! And we are back after the highest of highs on Tuesday night with the Max Struess game, one of the Cavs. Came collapsing down in catastrophic fashion on Wednesday against the Chicago Bulls. We have Tyvis Powell in the house. We have Jason Lloyd back from Indy. I'm Mikey McNuggets. We got Anthony and Earl behind the glass today. But before we dive into topics, Jason, how was Indianapolis for the NFL Combine? Nondescript. It was low-key. I don't have any great stories. I was only there a couple of days. I'm tired. You know what? It's funny that you say that because as I go back to 2016, yeah, I was there for four days, and after day one, I was tired. Yeah, ready to go home. Yeah. It's it has become this thing where like like there used to be like three or four hot spots where all of the executives and coaches and people would hang out, but it has there is so much media there now that the media has flooded those places and scared them off. So I mean, they're still. We saw we saw Alex Van Pelt at uh, the one place. Hey, and Izzy's? Uh, St. Elmo's? No, the high velocity is like the that is the high velocity used to be the place, and it still kind of is. It's the it's the bar inside the JW Marriott because most of the executives stay at the JW Marriott. Mm-hmm. And high velocity is that restaurant slash bar. So uh, some of the Browns people were in there. Um, Prime Forty Seven has become a spot now in the last few years. That's where a lot of them go because they've been flushed out of some of these other places. But it's it's mostly just media now crawling around looking for and it's I I just I can't do it, man. When you were there, Tyvis, how much was sponsored versus unsponsored? Because even when you watch NFL Network's coverage of the event now, it's like they have the neon energy one on one warm up zone and then you have the 
I don't Ohio think, State University. I feel like it wasn't. Track. I feel like it wasn't that bad when I went. I, I like I, the things I remember about the combine is I remember getting there day one. Obviously, the DBs go last, so I remember getting there day one and I'm checking in and I'm starting to see some of my teammates and stuff, and I'm just like, oh, you know, they're telling me about the stories, but I'm constantly checking my phone because. I got guys that's going, like, running. I want to see what times they run and stuff like that. And I just remember that first night just being bombarded with just coaches and scouts and all of these people, like, pulling you every direction. Like, hey, come talk to my guy. Come talk to my guy. Come talk to That's us. not predetermined before you get to Indy? That's kind of on-the-fly scheduling? That, yes. But you have uh, official interviews. There's teams that, like, on – Day three, we're going to do an interview with the Browns okay. or the Broncos. So part you have of the a, you have a, yeah, it's slotted. Like on on Tuesday, you got the Browns at four, you got the Broncos at six. Like that's the official meetings, but the unofficial is where they just pulling you each each way. Like come here, come talk to my guy. Come right down. Like, what, let, tell me about yourself. And it's just like you literally talk to like thirty two teams, and then you go to sleep. I think it's a time. It's a cutoff time where like after this time, you can't talk to nobody. It's like. 11 or 12 o'clock at night. So I get done with that, and I go to my room. And then, by the way, you got a drug test at 4 p.m. I mean, 4 a.m. So it's 4 like 4 a.m.? 4 a.m. And they like, listen, make sure you get there early because if you don't, everybody's coming down here. So you want to get there first, set an alarm for like 3.30, get down there early so you can get out the way, you can go back to sleep. If you don't, everybody got the same plan. So you get down there, everybody's already down there. Is that still there. the case today? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it is you get probably, you really don't get no sleep those four. I was days. gonna say I, I can't imagine being asked to perform at your peak when you know. You, yeah, you that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. You really don't. You really don't get a lot of sleep at the combine. It's it's really terrible. It's terrible. You just like let me get the day four. Just let me get this over. With. You hope that day three. You know, you try to go off and try to get some sleep, but. You're not gonna get a lot of sleep. It's so, not gonna happen. I don't want to derail everything at 11:04. But what do you think of Marvin Harrison saying, "Nope, I don't blame him." Not hey, only, do, I do, don't blame. Not, him. I, I'm with you. But, but not but, only, not the combine, <coughs> not Ohio State. He ain't doing nothing. You've for, seen what you need what? to see. <coughs> for what? What? This is the thing. What do you need to see out of Marvin Harrison that you can't see on tape? I totally agree. Literally. If you need to see his 40, you want to know how fast he is? Turn the tape on. He's running past yeah. people. If you want to see him run routes? Turn the tape on. He's running great routes. He catches the ball really well. What? The uh, only thing that can happen for him is that he loses something by performing. That's literally what happens. I mean, think about it. A guy like C.J. Stroud last year, he was perfect, wonderful. He got knocked because of a dang test that he po- he he did bad. Is that on. a test at the combine though, or is that? A I don't know. I don't. Editing? I don't know. He it was did, an S two cognitive test. Yeah, he took yeah. some tests, and all of a sudden he didn't perform well on this test, and now people are questioning. It's like nothing really good comes out of performing at the the combine. I will say it again. The combine is for those people that. They're on the fence about it. If you go to like Toledo or Akron like that and they don't know your, your competition, all right, let me see you run a good 40 time. Let me see you jump out the gym. All right, that makes me go back and look at your tape again. But if you somebody that's solidified, first round pick, balled out like Marvin Harrison, like Caleb was, why would Caleb Williams need to throw? Yeah. What do you need to do at the combine that's going to make him, make you think, oh, yeah, this is really the guy? Yeah. No. A pro day's overrated too then? For Everything. Those top guys? All of that is overrated because at the end of the day, you, you got my tape. This game is not played with me just in a tank top and some compression shorts. You literally can turn my tape on and see everything you need to see. It's crazy you say that, and, and, and we'll get into the video and everything else in a sec, but it's crazy you say that because 
while I don't disagree with a single word you said, you see guys blow up at the combine, and yeah. their stocks legitimately rise and fall based on the performances. You see guys at the pro day, and I'll use Zach Wilson for an example. Mm-hmm. He has that crazy, he makes the crossbody 70-yard throw to a receiver in shorts and a t-shirt, mm-hmm. and somehow he catapults Justin Fields and Mac Jones and whoever else that was a third quarterback in that, in that class. And they uh, wish Trey Lance, they who wish had a different story. But, but my point is, like, it feels like these teams do value these individual workouts that aren't coming in pads against 11 defenders or mm-hmm. offensive players, whatever. But <laughs> it does it, seem silly. And that it, to me, it seems like every time nothing. that happens, they end up making the wrong choice. Like, that's the thing. And, and I respect some people that, like, for example, when I was going through the combine, I remember Von Bell. Von was playing safety, and I can't remember. It was something he didn't do at the combine. It was like two drills. I think he didn't do the L drill and the 20-yard shuttle, I think. And I remember Sean Payton texted him and said, I really want you to do these drills so I can see your time. Because he was like, I'm not about to do them. Like, there's no yeah. point in me doing them. But he said since he reached out and asked him to do it, he did the thing at the pro day, and they ended up drafting him. So, like, in that situation, I understand that. But for a lot of times, I don't understand what difference it makes. Like I said, if you're a guy that's in the fifth round or projected sixth round, something like that, yeah. It could certainly you, yeah, help. It could, yeah, it could absolutely help you. For me, I was a guy that was on the fence with a lot of things. My combine numbers is as good as anybody's. Nah, I ain't jump out the gym or nothing like that. My 40 time was really good. One of the fastest safeties there. Uh, bench press 15 as a safety, that's like pretty average. Jumping is pretty average, but for some odd reason, I slid. So it's like it don't make it. You know, it, it's, make it's that make sense. You're saying. It's a crap yeah, shoot. Make, yeah. what, make it make sense. Awesome. All right, well, we're going to get to the Cavs in one sec. But first, some really, really, really good news in the world yesterday that if you didn't see, we're going to be happy to show you guys in one second. We all know Jim Donovan and his fight with leukemia. Yesterday, he had the opportunity to ring the bell. And, guys, for someone who means as much not only to this station upstairs with WKYC, the Browns as an organization as a whole, how awesome is it to see Jimmy get to this point in his recovery and I actually didn't know that I, I totally missed that because I was traveling that's I, really cool yeah, that's I, really cool I haven't got it I haven't been on social media so I haven't seen it either but you know that's oh no we joke around on the pregame I call him that's my godfather right there and it's <laughs> it's nice to see that he's cancer free you know Jimmy Jimmy is a fighter I mean yeah. that's the one thing I respect about him and everybody loves him and I don't know, the games The games sound better and the Browns just perform better when he's in that booth. So I'm glad that he was able to overcome this because that, that right there is tougher than any challenge that you'll ever face on the football field to, to be looking deft in the face and not blink one time. I, I, I got a lot of respect and a lot of love for Jim Donovan. So shout out to you. Jimmy, we're rooting for you. Congratulations on the progress you've made so far. Hopefully it's the last time you ever have to step in a hospital for any type of cancer treatment, but to see you ring the bell puts a smile on our faces, and I'm sure it puts a smile on everyone's face across Browns Nation. The Browns are better with you in the booth. We as fans are better for listening to you each and every week, and we hope for continued well-being and health moving forward. So, Jimmy, kudos, and we're going to continue to root for you moving forward. And let's get a read, and then we'll start on that Cavs double overtime loss last night. Yeah, guys, I want to remind everybody that you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You guys can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. Just visit FanDuel.com UCSS to shoot your shot. 
FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And we do actually have a winning ticket today from Lamont No Stanford. I hope I'm saying that right. With the Florida money line, Duke minus 20 and a half, Marquette minus 11 and a half, Tennessee money line, Iowa State money line, South Carolina <laughs> plus five and a half. Alabama money line, Minnesota plus 11 and a half, and Arizona money line turned $10 into 460 So if you guys have a winning FanDuel ticket, make sure you send it in to Mikey or myself. It's great. We'll get it up there, and we'll give you the credit you deserve. And Tyvis has a winning ticket, too. He's going to share with us after the next FanDuel. Read. But, guys, let's talk about the Cavs. Lost to Chicago last night. If you had told me before the game, before tip-off, that Darius Garland would go 7 of 14 from third. <coughs> Hmm. Karis LeVert would have had 15 assists. Hmm. The team would make 22 threes as a team, the Cavs would, and Evan Mobley would have 25 points, 13 rebounds, 4 blocks, and Kobe White would go 5 of 20 from the floor. I'd say the Cavs win by 30, right? That's a pretty damn good recipe for success. However, hmm. it is really tough to win basketball games in the NBA when you get out-rebounded by 35. The Cavs made Andre Drummond... Hmm. Looked like prime Wilt Chamberlain last night. Hmm. He had 26 rebounds. Jared Allen had four. <coughs> For a team that had the soft label coming into the season after how the Knicks handled them in the postseason, uh, last night was not a great showing for the Cavs' front line. It's also hard to win games in the NBA when your closer doesn't close. Donovan Mitchell looked gassed the entire game, coming off a back-to-back, coming off the illness. Maybe a little bit to be expected, but down the stretch, he missed a crucial free throw in overtime that would have extended the lead to four. The Bulls came back, hit free three throws. They sent it double over, overtime. At the end of regulation, he had a turnover on their final offensive possession. Mm. Then they got a defensive stop, but uh, Donovan Mitchell was not his typical self in the final minutes. And then when you look at the total minutes, Sam Merrill didn't see the court at all last night, Jason, despite the game going to double overtime, despite some of their starters playing Damn near 50 minutes. Akur only played 24 minutes. Levert played 39. Niang and Wade combined for 25 minutes. Really hard to win when you combine all those factors together. But, Tybus, I'll start with you. You texted us last night. You said the game was over. I turned the TV off. What the hell is going on? Man. So how do you explain what happened last oh night to the goodness. Cleveland Cavaliers? Listen, <laughs> listen. First of all, Andre Drummond looked unbelievable. And I was just so shocked. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, the excuse is there. You know, they just came off of a – they're playing back-to-back games. Real quick, Chicago was also on the second night of a back-to-back. The excuse is there. They, they're playing back-to-back games. They used a lot of energy to win that game. I, and I'm, I understand all of that. <clears throat> but the thing that got me the most it, – it, it was the rebounding thing. Like, that really bothered me because – Chicago did like their 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 coach was smart. The last time we played them, we I think we really did well on the boards, mm-hmm. and he countered that by starting Andre Drummond and Vucevic. Yep. And I that was something that was a wrinkle that I wasn't expecting. You know, I I thought why would they do that? But this man Andre Drummond. Oh, my goodness. It, he just completely owned the paint. Like, he was getting rebounds. He was getting points. And for Jared Allen to only have, what, five rebounds, four rebounds in the game, that was ridiculous. I did think that Darius would step up. I sat here yesterday, and I told when Earl was going off, I said, he's going to probably play well tonight. And he did. You know, he took the night off last or two nights ago, so I was like, he's going to make up for it this night. But – at the end of the day, I, that paint thing, like you can't, y'all been doing so well. I thought the narrative had changed where you don't get punked in the paint no more. Y'all, y'all literally stand up. If you think about last year in the Knicks series, 
It was Mitchell and Randall dominating the paint. It was the same same fashion right here when I watched this game. But like I said, you can say that they was gassed, but at some point you got to stand up and make some stops. And then as far as the closing of the game, I I can't believe it went into double overtime. Like, I I literally – listen, the last thing I seen before I turned it back on was – it was like 15 seconds left. Mitchell had just got fouled. I said, oh, that's game. You know, Mitchell going to hit these free throws. I cut, the, cut it off, walked upstairs, sitting up there talking to the lieutenant. And I checked my phone again, and I see the game is still going. I'm like, what happened? It went it Like, went what happened? <laughs> I'm thinking they're going to go up five. That's the end of it. No, you tell me that Jared Allen, of all people, fouls DeMar DeRozan, which – why would you foul a three-point shooter? Anyway? It's a tough look. It was a tough look. Like, why would you do that? Like, it's just the, the fatigue came in, and you get lazy, and you start doing things that you normally don't do when you're tired. So I'm going to just chalk it up and say that y'all was gassed, but that was a win that y'all should have had. Y'all had so many t- chances to win that game, but it's like y'all just could not close the game. And y'all, st- y'all let them stick around, and boom, they ended up winning. Here's the concern for me. The, the Bulls aren't a very good team, but – Teams with big physical bigs are going to continue to give the Cavs problems. We saw it last year with Mitchell Robinson in the Knicks series. We've seen it with how – go back and look how Chicago's played the Cavs. First two games of the series, they brought Andre Drummond off the bench. He wasn't much of a factor. He was in foul trouble in the first game. Cavs win both games by double figures. They go to the double big lineup. They bring Andre Drummond. They start Andre. He really hadn't started very many games this year, but he starts against the Cavs. Why? Well, because they struggle at this double big look. And and Drummond had a pretty good game, I believe. I can't, I'm trying to recall it was, now. It was Valentine's Day. Yeah. It was the day that Darius hit the yeah. step back yep. over Crusoe, yep. but Drummond had a very effective game. And they should have lost. Cavs probably should have lost that game. But they fought back and won. All credit to them for coming back and winning. And now here you see last night, again, the Bulls go to Drummond as the starter, and he just demolishes them with 26 rebounds. <laughs> Teams with... Big physical bigs are going to give the Cavs problems. It's whether it's regular season, postseason. You know, I don't make too much about the regular season, but trends do matter, and this is a trend. And so, the, it, 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 it's really going to come down to matchups. And you know, if it's the Knicks again, if it's you know Joel Embiid, I'd certainly put him in that category as someone who could give this team fits. Teams that have those big physical guys in the middle that can push Evan and Jared around are going to give the Cavs problems. And, and last night was evidence. Of well, that. you know, Drummond. Got a little extra in his tank because Jared Allen essentially replaced Drummond. Yeah, that was a whole thing. Yeah, that was the, that was because those those were back in the dark days of the Cavaliers. It's the right move in hindsight. Jared Allen's yeah. better oh, of course than Andre Drummond. Yeah. It's not, well, not you know, really Drummond, Drummond, Drummond. I'm just telling you, Drummond go every time he played the Cavs and he sees yeah. Jared Allen, he's gonna go at it. Yeah, sure. I've never understood. I I never understood the Drummond move why they brought him here in the first place. It was I thought they was just trying to help somebody get rid of his contract. Detroit. Well, they it? had cap space. They weren't gonna be able to use it anyway else. Yeah. So they just took him on, even though nobody else in the league wanted Drummond at the time at that number. He's a yeah. great rebounder. He is, a, he is, he is. and he always <laughs> always has been a phenomenal rebounder. There are a couple of things that, that stood out last night. And first is they were up 12 with eight minutes left. And when you're up 12 with eight minutes left against an inferior opponent, and give the Bulls credit, they played scrappy. They're a tough team. But <coughs> talent-wise, especially when they have Zach Levine, Alex Crusoe, Alonzo Ball, and Patrick Williams all not in the lineup, there's, there's not a talent comparison there. The Cavs are a far superior team. There's no real excuse to blow a 12-point lead in the final eight minutes when you're a relatively good free-throw shooting team. And the other team, just like you, is in the second night of a back-to-back. But give the Sumu credit. He made a couple tough shots. The Rosen was a monster. But it kind of shows the 
the basketball gods working in, in favorable ways and unfavorable ways. If you look at the Mavs game and the Bulls game, the Cavs should be one and one. They just won the game they probably should have lost and lost the game they probably should have won. So yeah. at the end of the day, the one and one result in this back-to-back is probably accurate in how it should have played out. But you saw against Dallas, Mitchell went shot for shot with Kyrie and Luka in terms of the closing minutes. And then you had Stroops, mm-hmm. who went five for five in the last three and a half minutes as their secondary option when they needed a bucket, a secondary closer. Well, last night, and I'm not crucifying Mitchell, but he was clearly gassed, like clearly on his last legs, coming off the illness, second he, night of a back-to-back. What did he finish with, 19? I'm going to say he 19 had, points. Yeah, 19 yeah. points. Um, he had 11 points, and, and he was 3 of 9 in clutch, in clutch moments, mm-hmm. which is the final five minutes and or overtime of a five-point game. He was 3 of 9. He missed the free throw, had the turnover. He wasn't his prototypical, and he's been really good in the clutch this season. Just last night, he didn't have it. And if he doesn't have it, they need someone else to step up. And Garland played a really good game. He made seven threes. Yeah. I would Garland gave, was really good. I personally would have gave it. When when Donovan drove at the end and tried to kick, I, I don't know who he was trying to kick. To at the end of regulation? Yeah. It was Garland in the corner. It oh, got stole by yeah, Kobe White. Stole, yeah. okay. So they just need someone else. And against Dallas, it was Max Struess. Last night, it could have been Darius or Max or Mobley, who was, you know, Mobley had 25 points himself. He had a really quiet 25, but still scored 25 points. I thought... Maybe letting Donovan be the decoy and let someone else be the primary closer just because it didn't seem like Donnie had his legs would have been what I went to. But I also think when you're looking at how many minutes the game went to, double overtime, obviously. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I understand you're trying to get your playoff rotation set, but it's the second night of a back to a back. If there's ever a time to get Sam Merrill some minutes, ever a time to let Dean Wade and the Yang play a little more. Granted, you were getting killed on the glass, but hey. It wasn't like Jared Allen was putting up any resistance against Andre oh Drummond. Could Dean Wade or George Niang really have done any worse in that even, regard? I would, have loved, I would have loved to have seen last night be a time where JB expands the rotation just to keep these guys fresh for the long stretch. Do you, do you think it would have been bad? Because when I seen them do the, the two big match, I thought to myself, why not? Go back to the shooting lineup, you know, just, and make them adjust. And make them right. adjust. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. how I would have done that, you know, making make drum and chase right, right. Like I thought that would have yeah. been the perfect thing, but 
I, I don't know. It's the regular season. I guess you're still trying to figure things out. You want that to gel. You want to see, maybe you want to see if they are physical, can, if they can go up against two yeah. guys. But when Vucevic fouled out, I said, I, I really said it was over. I saw, man, this, <laughs> let me really cut this thing off. Man. <laughs> when uh, when man. Drummond was in his prime in Detroit, the Cavs got him off the floor in that playoff. When the year they won the championship, they ran him off the floor with all the shooting that they had. Yeah. With Channing Frye and, and those guys. You, you can get to lineups if you have the right personnel. You can get to lineups that makes it very difficult to play somebody like Drummond. Uh, but I don't know if this Cavs team – fits that person. Dean Wade, you're right, but are you going to put Dean Wade at center? No. Man. He could have been the four when they had Vooch and Drummond because then one of those two has to start chasing somebody yeah. around. Well, Mobley yeah. would have been the five. Well, Ivan's got to shoot. Like, you've got to shoot. If you're going to go to that lineup. He, he will have to shoot. He can. But well, we talk about the two big, real, real quick, this is a good point. You talk about the two big lineup and the theoretical advantages playing two bigs, two traditional bigs. Evan Mobley's still a traditional big at this point of yeah. his offensive career. The advantages are you should dominate the paint, dominate the boards, and other teams can't – they shouldn't be able to do what, what Chicago did last night. Mm-hmm. And Evan had a good game. He scored 25 yeah. points. Like Evan had a really yeah, good game last and 13, night. Yeah. yeah, and four blocks. Evan played yeah. a fantastic game last night. But who had the better front court game? Vooch and Drummond? Yeah. Or Allen and Mobley? And it's not really close. They, play, they had the theoretical advantage of having two bigs, but it didn't – what, materialized if, to the actual advantages you would think two bigs have. Well, if we can, the way we talking about this, it makes it seem like it still it comes back to JB then, because it's like JB, you gotta you gotta recognize, and, and that's the thing. It, it, for some odd reason, it always comes back to JB. Like try it. Like this is this would be the time to try it. Like to see if I go up against the Knicks again in the series again. How am I, what am I gonna do differently this time than I did last time? Let me go out there and try to maybe see if I can get some some shooters out there to get them to force them to come out of this. I mean, it's a perfect thing. They got the Chicago's big man have the same mentality as the Knicks big man. Like, be physical in the paint. We're tougher than them. Let's get the boards and all of those things. Bully mm-hmm. ball, yeah. So this was a perfect test to show that you've learned from your mistakes. And I don't know. I guess he just kind of... I don't, maybe he don't trust himself yet, or he don't trust his lineup that he, I don't know. He got to figure that out, though, because you're going to see the Knicks at some point. You, you said on Tuesday when we did the Ultimate Cavs show, you just want to see JB kind of finalize his rotations for the playoffs. And while I do think big picture-wise over 26 games, that, that's the right approach, on the second night of a back-to-back, I just don't understand why you couldn't have tried to squeeze I'm a, little a, surprised a few more minutes yeah. for... Merrill, and the com- combination of Niang and Wade only got 25. It was 14 for Niang, 11 for Wade. JB, I think for the most part, has done a pretty good job this season, but last night I do have some serious questions about why he put such a toll on these guys coming on the second night of a back-to-back with 25 games to go. It just felt unnecessary. No, I agree. And, and the Sam Merrill thing is weird, too, that he didn't play at all. Like, that's – you got to make shots when you're going against – Big lineups like that, you got to make shots. And he's Spread them out. Yeah. yeah. He's a good guy. He's still shooting 40-plus 40 40 plus percentage. For he hasn't group? played much, so, yeah, the, the, the uh, numbers right. haven't changed. He didn't play against Dallas. He didn't get off the bench Is last night. Is he a night. defensive liability? He's not, not a great a, defender, right. but he's, he's not terrible. I, I, well, I just, you, well, you know JB values defense. So, But if you have Mobley and Allen in the game, you can sacrifice a little perimeter defense because you're funneling – whoever the opposing guards are, into two bigs you feel very confident in, in defending the rim. The heat, That's the advantage of having the two bigs the out there. The Heat paid Duncan Robinson, and they sat him on the bench for half a season because yeah. he couldn't play defense. But he also wasn't making shots. 
Sam Merrill's still shooting 42% yeah, you got from the floor. You got something yeah. there. I just think JB trusts the veterans. And I, I'm not defending that because I think you, at some point you, you got to trust the kids. And, I mean, Sam Merrill's not a kid. He's 27 years old. But he doesn't have the experience that some of these other guys have. And he's going he's gonna to revert back and rely on the guys who have been there before. But last night felt like an opportunity to, to get Merrill some run. But clearly he's the 10th man. Sam's the 10th man in a nine-man rotation, eight-man rotation. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. So, Tyvis, I want you to hold your thoughts. I just want to ask Jason this real quick. How badly do they miss Tristan Thompson? And could you ever have imagined a world in 2024 where I was saying, holy crap, the Cavs desperately need yeah. Tristan Thompson. He back. could be – He could be, now we have to see I, – I, I don't mean this – I don't want to make a joke about this. Him we without have to see, that stuff. Yeah, we got to see yeah. what he looks like when he comes back. But How many if, games he got left in this suspension? You know, it's it's, it's a couple more. Yeah, okay. it's I a hand. It's I five think it's or mid March. He's a, he's back mid March. He's got like five or six games left. Yeah. Okay, he he can he can help in those instances. Like mm-hmm. last year, they had no playable bigs in that Knicks series behind Jarrett and Evan. And this year, you would hope with Tristan and Dean, you've you've got options. I'm not saying they're all going to play in every game. It's it's all matchup based. It's who's hot. It's it's you know when you get into a playoff series, things can change. But at least they have flexibility and some options now that they didn't have last year. And Tristan, depending on the matchup, Tristan could be a big piece for them. So, for sure. so they have eight games until Tristan comes back. He comes back on March sixteenth. You want all the eight opponents they play before Boston, Tristan comes back? Boston. Boston is in. It's it's a gauntlet. Their upcoming schedule. Oh, is March really is rough. Tough. Yeah, yeah. So here's their whole March. Er, <laughs> here's their March schedule up until the twenty fourth. You ready for this? Yeah. They have Detroit on the road tomorrow night. Oh, that's okay. Game you got to win. Game you got to win. Then you're home for two games back-to-back, New York and Boston. We're going to learn a lot about in that two-stretch. Hit the road for Atlanta. Then you have a three-game home stretch. Minnesota, number one seed in the West mm-hmm. right now. Brooklyn, push over their terrible. Then Phoenix comes to town. Then you hit the road and go to New Orleans and Houston and Indiana. And then you play Miami, Minnesota, Miami. That's legit. A lot more tough games in that stretch than there are pushovers. I mean, you're playing the best teams in the league. You got Minnesota, number one seed in the West. Well, we gonna know Boston, so. number one seed in the East. Phoenix, New York, Indiana's in the playoff race. New Orleans, Houston's no pushover. Miami, they're zombies, but I'm not counting Miami out. They're always a tough <laughs> test. Like, that's a gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, we gonna know something in <laughs> mid March. We we gonna know. I, I mean, I tell you what, that Knicks game gonna be really must see TV now because they probably saw that game and was like, <laughs> they still the same old Cavs. Well, it's on TN- It's on either ESPN or TNT. It's a nationally televised game, so we'll find out. What are, what's our record? Like, we'll be like 6-5 and five nationally televised? 6-6? Six oh. six? I don't know that. I did see the, the Cavs record against teams above 500 is not great. Mm. And the record against teams sub-500 is phenomenal, like 24-3 and three against sub-500 teams. And I bet you I can find it real quick. Give me one sec. Jason, will you fill a minute while I find the stat? Well, you should beat up on teams. Like, you're never going to – rarely are you going to dominate above 500 teams. You know, you, oh, I got you, it. You want to you try and go 500 or so against really good teams. So, above 500 teams, and this was from – so this has to include the next, these last two games. They're 14 and 17 above, above 500 teams. They are 24 and 3 against sub-500 teams. Now, that's not – Totally off-brand for the best teams in the league. Yeah. I'll read you the other records of the top teams in the league above 500. So, above 500, and this is from two days ago. I don't have the updated for everybody. It's close enough. But close enough. 
Boston, 23 and 11. That's really good. Minnesota. Above 500? Above 500. Uh, Minnesota, 23-12. OKC, 22-12. Denver, 19 and 15. Cleveland, 14 and 17. The Clippers, 19 and 16. Milwaukee, 19 and 13. New York, 12 and 21. Even worse than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Phoenix is 500, and New Orleans, 18 and 15. So the one seeds in each are very, very good. Yes. I mean, it's not 14 and 17. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Especially, I mean, there's a couple swing games in there that can go. Yeah. So around 500. Typically, unless you're elite, typically that's what good teams do. You go about 500 against good teams. You smoke the teams that you should beat. And that's how you get a pretty good record. So I say all that just to set up the fact that we're going to learn a lot yeah. about this Cleveland Cavaliers team in the month of March. You could have your opinions now, and it could be drastically different in four <laughs> weeks when they play a stretch of teams who are all not only just above 500, but some of the best teams in their respective conference. Oh, Ant, what's up? Hey, guys, before we move into our next topic, I want to remind everybody that you can become a member of UCSS. You can like and subscribe. We love all the support you guys give us. We appreciate everybody tuning in and watching every day and giving us whatever support you can get. Share with your friends, like, subscribe on YouTube, join a membership, get overtime for extra benefits. Everything is there for you guys, and we love that you guys are here. Mike, you're talking about learning a lot about the Cavs, and I think you have some questions you want answered. And in the way we're going to do this is going to look at the ESPN NBA tiers that came out for their playoff teams. They did. So ESPN put this out this week, and I guess there's been a game or two since the initial uh, rankings came out. But they listed their playoff teams in different tiers of how legitimate contenders they are heading into the postseason. So Mm -hmm. they have one team in the legit contender title or category, and that is the Boston Celtics. In the inner circle of contenders, and I apologize for reading off my phone here, they have the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. Then the Cavs fall into the hopeful tier, along with a bunch of other teams, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Phoenix, the Knicks, and Philadelphia. And then the long shots, which is the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Heat, and the Golden State Warriors. ESPN did not give an exact breakdown of what they considered when putting team in each putting teams in each category, Jason, but based on that, are the Cavs categorized properly in the hopeful tier? Yeah, I think so. If I'm Minnesota, I'm pissed. Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota should be higher than that. Uh, they're really good. Isn't uh, OKC in that one too? OKC was in the hopefuls as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's I, that's probably they're so young, but man, they're good. OKC is going to be good for a really long time. I, I that's probably. I think Minnesota should be higher, but everything else, I think that's about where they should be. I don't think they're elite. I've had the Bucks above them all year. I know the Bucks have been a mess this year. They're still the Bucks. They still have Giannis and Dame. Uh, their coaches won a championship. I know a lot of people think he's overrated. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but uh, they'll be there at the end. You need stars to win, and they've got the stars. And, and I would put the Cavs a, a click below both those teams in the East. Davis? Uh, it's definitely right to me. I mean, they they haven't. I mean, they play some good basketball. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I just can't. They haven't had no postseason success, and it's it's so hard to put them in any category above hopefuls right now because of the fact that we haven't seen them have postseason success. When all those other teams, those other teams have either won it, been in the championship, or been close to winning the championship. So I, it, they're in the right spot. Okay, that, OKC should be higher. I don't care what Jason says. <laughs> they should be a little bit higher. Well, you can't have OKC higher than Minnesota. 
But neither one. I mean, Minnesota's I'm, not had a lot of postseason. What's the, what was the second tier's name? It was the teetering uh, inner circle contenders. That's the Nuggets, the Bucks, yeah, and the Clippers. They contend. They inner circle. You're going to put them with the. I mean, the Nuggets won a championship. The yes. Bucks won a championship. Clippers have not, but they got a ton of talent. You want to put the Thunder with them? With those three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Above your precious Bucks? Nice. No, I didn't say that. Oh wait, no, no, they're, they're the same yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Okay. If the Clippers can be in there, why can't OKC be in there? I, I actually don't have an issue necessarily with where the Cavs are ranked. I have an issue with a lot of other teams. Like, a lot of other teams that oh. I think are who too you, low or too high. Who you got? Too I personally low? don't think Milwaukee should be in that category. They play zero defense. You, you, you. Zero but defense. But they have the, the best player in the NBA. And they also have Doc Rivers, so it's a complete neutral. <laughs> so, they're, they, to me, they're too high. I also look at... Don't do that. The, <laughs> I don't, don't do that. Okay? <laughs> Players play the game. And Doc Rivers blows 3-1 leads. They, they got nothing to do... Giannis won't let that happen. Dame won't let that happen. They would sit. Dame, Dame and his playoff success ain't gonna let. Uh, Dame ain't never had a talent like he's never played with the best player to ever play the game. So. Oh my lord. Sure, Tyvis. PJ Walker's also the greatest quarterback to ever walk the face of the earth. We're gonna just let that one go. <laughs> I also think when you look at the hopeful categories, or the what the long shots. I mean, I know the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors aren't having tremendous regular season success, but you know, if I asked you this question, just point blank, who is a, who would be who would you be more surprised if they win a championship this season? Cleveland, L.A., or Golden State? How would you rank those three? I'd probably put Cleveland third. <laughs> me, me too. So like, it, That's I have, messed up. I mean, do, do you disagree? Yes. Look at who they've got on their team. They've got dudes what, who know how to do it. How would you rank those three teams in in terms of what you'd be most su- or least surprised? So one. Least if Golden State won it, I I wouldn't be surprised. So they're okay. they're your least. Yeah. Lakers or, or Cavs? The Lakers is last to me. They can't figure it out. They now they played a good game last night, but I just I don't know. I just they just fall apart to me. All I don't the know. Time. When, in my opinion, when you're building a championship contender, no, nah, it's coming out of the West, make it a little bit easier, maybe than the East. Uh, they're, they're both West tough. is pretty good. Yeah, West is pretty good. Yeah. But the thing is, the teams at the top of the West don't have the experience. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's like Minnesota, it's Minnesota OKC. OKC. Yes. Yes. But when I look at the Cavs in terms of like where they rank in pure championship contender categories, there are three major questions I think they need to answer, and we'll find out if they get these answers. But first and foremost, you know, your best player is a small guard. The history of the NBA tells you that's not necessarily – it's not impossible to win. There are obviously examples of it happening, Steph and Isaiah Thomas, but – for the most part, it's really tough to have your best player be an undersized guard and yep. your second best player to also be an undersized guard. So overcoming that, that's going to be a question they have to answer. They also have two non-shooting bigs. We're yet to see if that can be a successful recipe for success in today's modern era of basketball with so much three-point shooting. Then you have the J.B. Bickerstaff question, which we just alluded to in the last conversation. Is J.B. Bickerstaff a championship coach? Look at the other coaches in the Eastern Conference. you got some really good guys near the top. you got to get through Spo. I don't think Doc, Doc is on the same category as that, but <laughs> Tibbs is a really good coach. Uh, Missoula has the Celtics playing at a really high level. I mean, they got three questions they legitimately have to answer before I could put them in championship inner circles. Yeah, but you can't put Missoula in any sort of elite category. Coach. He, yeah, I actually should be fired for putting him in the same conversation, same sentence as Spo, so bad job out of me. But they're really good, and they're winning despite the any really coaching good. issues. But yeah. I'm just saying, before they get into that inner circle of contenders, I need answers to those three questions. So I think based on how ESPN categorized these four rankings, I think they're in the right spot. The Celtics coach. Missoula. He 
Because after whatchamacallit had did what he did. Ime. Yeah. They they picked him, right? Or was he already on staff? So he just got promoted. If they don't make the finals, I think he's He's gone. Oh, they, yeah. They have to be. I mean, the it, yeah. yeah. Look at the I don't, I'm not going to say they have to win it all, but they've got to get there. They've got to get to the finals or he's out. I had someone DM me last night and ask if JB, if you were picking just coaching, head coaching matchups. Yeah. JB versus the other top teams in the East. Start with Boston. Would you take Missoula or JB Bickerstaff in the playoffs? Series? I don't have any faith in Joe Missoula. I'm not saying JB's done anything to, but. That's a coin flip to me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wash on that That's one. I don't feel strongly. I feel the same. Way. I don't yeah. feel strongly either way. Yeah. In the two seed is <coughs> the Cavs. Three seed right now is Milwaukee, Doc Rivers, or JB. Tyvis, let you start on that one. I'm not a Doc Rivers fan either, but I mean. He did. He's won one. He's had a lot more playoff yeah, success. That, than, that's the end of the day. JB. He's won playoff yeah. games. Yeah. JB has. You have to give the nod to, to yeah. Doc, but. I tend to agree with Mike on a lot. I, a doc keeps falling up. It's unbelievable. Doc's flawed, or Doc is flawed. He's I agree. He's not perfect. I agree. Tibbs. I'm taking oh, Tibbs. I mean, we saw last year. Yeah. I'm taking Tibbs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Spo. That's stopping. Spo's, Spo's best that. coach in the league. Yeah. Nick, Nick Nurse. Nick I'm Nurse actually got a, not as big on Nick. You've never been as high on Nurse. No. He got a ring. But he's got a ring. Yeah. And so for that, you got to But he him. also had Kawhi when Kawhi was, was like. Pete Kawhi. Yeah. 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 Which, and he ain't done nothing outside of that. No, I'm I'm not that high on Nick Nurse. I'm not that high on Nick but Nurse. But I'll either. give him I'll I'll give him. He a does nod get the benefit of the yeah. doubt. He has a, yeah. has a ring. And then you got a bunch of young guys towards the bottom. I'm missing anyone in the Eastern Conference. Quinn Snyder in Atlanta, but I think Quinn Snyder's really good. If you're just going coaching matches, I think Quinn he's, he, really he's one coach of the year too, which I know uh, isn't the end all be yeah, all, but, but yeah. He's he's a good coach. I'm trying to think of anyone else in the Eastern Conference. The Nets don't have a coach. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know the name of the coach in Toronto. He's the European guy. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Rakovich or something like that. Yeah. Who's the Pacers coach? Oh, Rick Carlisle. Carlisle. Carlisle's, Carlisle's a really yeah, good coach. Yeah, Excellent. Like Rick so when, really you, when you look at just the head coach, you take the teams out of it. I mean, JB's not in the top tier of Eastern Conference coaches, which uh-huh. is a question that has to be answered. He certainly can move into that category of conversation if he wins a series or two. But at this moment on February 29th, like, we don't have the requisite information be able I to think, make that assessment fairly. I think Jace is 100% right. When it comes to the Cavs' playoff success, it's all about the seeding this year. Like, yeah. it, who, whoever they draw Matchups. in the playoffs, that's yeah. – if, if they if they go up against the Philadelphia 76ers and, and Joel Embiid is back, Right now today, 11-39, February 29, 2024. Let's just assume for the sake of this that Cavs hold on to the two seed. Who's your ideal matchup for them to face as a seven seed? The oh, Pacers. I have to look at the standings. The Pacers? I disagree. I, 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 I don't disagree. think it's the Pacers. I disagree with the Pacers. I don't Pacers. think it's the Pacers. Let me, let me look. I'm trying to look at the team. Right, well, you guys are looking up. I have an answer. It's the Orlando Magic. And despite the fact that they're a physically dominant team. Oh, they would they play have, the Pacers right they now. They have That's size funny. and length across the board. <laughs> they're long. Their wingspans can give teams trouble. But just like the Cavs in the postseason last year, you got to go through your playoff lumps before you kind of become – a legit contender. I think they're a year early on yeah. their full development as a legit threat in the Eastern yeah. Conference. And they struggle to score. And we got to figure <laughs> out, I'm not worried about the Cavs' defense in the postseason. Even last year against the Knicks, the Cavs' defense was not the issue whatsoever. They got killed on the glass. And if, even if they had league average offense, they had a chance to beat New York. Their offense just completely sputtered out. I think the magic in the first round would be the perfect, the perfect matchup where you have to expend yourself. But you don't have to play a great series to win they could to kind of ramp up to the next round. They should be either 
either Orlando or Indianapolis. Either one of those two teams. In Indianapolis doesn't exist. I mean, not Indiana. <laughs> Indiana, excuse me. I'm thinking of the Colts. The Pacers or the Magic, they should be either one of those teams. So, uh, I mean, so, yeah, you're looking Pacers 7, Magic 8, Bulls 9, Hawks 10, because you're going play-in route. Yeah. You're going to get the play-in winner of that. Uh, I agree with you on the Magic. I think Atlanta they would handle. I think Chicago would give them problems because of what we saw last night. Like, that's real. You start Andre Drummond, and Chicago looks a little bit like New York did, not as talented, but a little bit like the Knicks <coughs> last year. That's a problem. Is there a chance Levine comes back for the playoffs, or is he done for the season? Uh, I think he's I, – actually, I don't know the answer to that. I was going to say I think he's done. Are he trying to get out of there? But well, I, they, I don't know. They're trying to trade him. But uh, Caruso I, will be back. I think the Pacers are really good, too. Like, not really good, like, elite, but – But it's a, it's a style. They you don't think, problems. You they don't think they would beat them in the seven games? Oh, I think they would. That's but what I'm but I think I think the Cavs – I ain't saying they're going to just 4-0 them. No, yeah, I'm not saying I, that at all. I think the, I would pick the Cavs to beat the Pacers, but I think the Pacers, especially with Rick Carlisle, I think they could give the Cavs a lot of problems. That's the, that's probably a six-game series. In this scenario, the Cavs are the two-seed. They better be – we better be picking them to beat whoever they play in the first round if it's a 2 seven right. matchup. I don't care who the hell the opponent is. Right. It's a, that's, a, that's a matchup they should not only be favored <coughs> to win, but it should be a clean sweep across the board when we're picking that series. So you said Indiana, though, Tyvis? You think if that's who you'd want to play in the first round? No, I agree with y'all on the Magic. Oh, the but, I, but I feel like if it, if it was the Pacers, I'd be fine with that, too. I think you'll know. I'll go back to when Ty was here. You knew right away Ty was really good at this. Like, you knew right away. And, and I just think – it's not fair to judge JB last year because the the roster just wasn't what he needed. It is now. Now you can grade JB, and I think you'll know right away in the playoffs whether or not he's what he can do it or not. Because I'll go back to the when when Ty, uh, the year they won the championship, that series against the Pistons, and and some of his creative ATOs and the way that, and and Stan Van Gundy they went up against Stan, and Stan was a really good Stan's coach. Good coach yeah. yeah, I mean he yeah. he's players don't like him, but he he knows how to coach. And the Cavs would run a certain inbounds play, and Stan had the counter to it. So Ty came up with the counter to the counter, and he and Larry Drew scribbled it out on a napkin 45 minutes before the game, and they used it at the end of the game. It was a deli inbounds, and I think it was Kyrie in the corner. And Ty was, like, ecstatic after the game that, like, it worked, and he got one over on Stan. Like, they countered the counter to the counter. (laughs) And that's what JB's going to have to be able to do. And I think you'll know – You'll know quickly whether or not he can do it or not because I could see it right away with Ty. It's like, this guy's got it. Oh, You'll yeah. know. You'll know quickly. <coughs> uh, one thing on the out-of-bounds timeout. Did you watch the game last night? Or did you just I was driving home. I saw a little bit of it today. I watched did, it this morning a little you, bit. Which, which part? Okay, so with a minute and one second left in the last three minutes, or with a minute left in the regulation, so okay. before overtime. Okay, I think I was paying attention at this time. The ball got deflected out-of-bounds at like a minute three, right? Is this – uh, is this when uh, Darius tried to get the steal? No, Darius drove on the left side. He put an attempt up. Vucevic swatted out of bounds. Okay. They have an out-of-bounds play I, yeah. on the – if the basket's in front of you, they're yeah. on the right side. Yeah. Now, I wasn't able to find the replay of that play in particular. It ended up with a Mobley three in okay. the corner. And he, he ended up shooting with a second and a half, two seconds on the shot clock. I can't – I don't think that was the play design. And if it was, then I have an issue with the play design. But you're not running a play for Mobley to catch a corner three no. with two seconds left. No, so I'm, no. I'm 99.5% positive that was not the intent of the play. And I haven't been able to find a replay that shows or diagrams what they were, were looking to do because it's not in the cut-up because it was a missed shot. They didn't make it. But Ty Lue was phenomenal at ATOs. Mm-hmm. And there are some coaches around the league, and I'm, I'm making a bigger point about JB here and a question we're going to have to ask. There are coaches around the league who – get paid specifically for their 
out-of-bound plays, after timeout plays, these design sets when you have three seconds on a shot clock to generate a good look. A lot of staffs, I'm not sure who on the Cavs staff is that person, Jason. You, you may know. They may not have one. But yeah, like, I know in Portland they have a specific guy who's a player development guy, but also he's their guru of ATOs. Yeah. Philly, there was a guy, too, when Eli was there. Uh, I don't know what the play design was last night. I want to go back and see it. I just, I just can't find a replay of it. But I don't think at this moment that's necessarily a strength of JB. Or well, anything we've well, seen from them in the last weeks, four this years. This is two games in a row where. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about the Dallas like, game. Yeah, the Dallas game, it was like, dude. It, it will get exposed quickly. If in you the playoffs, if, yeah. It'll, be, it'll get exposed very quickly. I, I'm praying that this is, he just, this is trial and error right now. Yeah. It's the time to do it, by the That's way. That's what I'm saying. This, this, this is, is exactly trial and error should be right trying now. Things, yeah. I'm trying to think which sport the coach, head coach slash manager, has the biggest impact on the game. And that might be NBA. I think it's NBA. I mean, manager with bullpen usage and knowing when to go get a guy is obviously huge. I feel like play That's calling awful football impactful. Is. Play calling, but the head coach isn't always the play caller. So I just think I don't know. I I, I don't know. NBA with 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 the ATOs with the with the, what we're talking about when when you see a team, you think you know what they're going to do, but when when you see them in game one. And now you've got the film of game one, and now you have to figure out how to stop what they were doing in game one and come back for game two. That's all on the head coach. Yeah. So it's just – in the regular season, it's not as impactful, uh, especially managers in baseball. Managing the bullpen is the biggest thing in a regular season. Uh, head coach in the NBA, a lot of teams don't even take the regular season seriously. But in the postseason, man, these guys matter. Who was he? He was under who with the Grizzlies? Is he an assistant here? staff? Yeah. He's, he's bounced around. He was in Houston. He was in Memphis. Like, who was he under? I think he was under. Was he under Jaeger in Memphis? I'll tell you. Houston, okay. he was under Could McHale. He? he replaced Kevin McHale in Houston. Okay, that's, a, that's uh, solid. When, when Houston fired McHale, he took over as the interim. I feel like in Memphis it was Dave Jaeger. Jaeger was the coach in Memphis from 13 to 16. So. Okay, so maybe not. Because JB just came to Cleveland from Memphis, so he would have been in Memphis I'm just later to see than who that. He learned under later. well, his dad. His dad, oh, he, yeah, wow. his dad was a a longtime coach. He too. was in, yeah, he was in Memphis after Jaeger. After Jaeger, I don't remember who the coach was in Memphis after. Was Jaeger. it Taylor? Yes. Jenkins. Yes, yes, that's who it was. Taylor Jenkins. Was Taylor Jenkins? Is. He's still the current coach, isn't he? He's still there, isn't he? No, is he? Well, then it wasn't him. It, no, so Jenkins got hired in 2019. So there's a two-year stretch of Memphis Grizzlies coaches between. Well, I, was that? I don't know. Who's in between? I don't know. All right, well, thank God for Google. And then we'll move on. Aunt, here, you do a read, and I'll find out who was the coach <laughs> between Dave Yeager and Taylor Jenkins in, in Memphis. All right, so while Mike does that little bit of research, I just want to remind everybody that Earl's doing the Ultimate 216 tonight. We're not doing our final Black History Month highlight during today's show because Earl is doing it later on Ultimate 216. So you can catch Ultimate 216 premiering at 5 o'clock on the YouTube channel. Got it. All here on UCSS. Go check out Earl's 216. It's sports, culture, everything in between, and he does a great job doing it. You guys ready for the answer? David Fisdale. Oh, that's oh! I should have known that. Bad job out of us. I knew that. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot. This is a good dude. He's a really good dude. Fizz. Totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. And then JB was the coach for, one of the for two guys. years there. Fizdale. Yeah, and he's now with the. Where is he? I don't even know where he is now. He's with the Lakers, isn't he? No, is he? No. He's the Suns' assistant. He was with the Lakers the last two years. Now he's with the Suns. 
Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a LeBron guy. He's a good coach. And there's your daily David Fisdale update on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We'll make that a daily segment. Thanks, Google. And what we got next? All right, so guys, we're going to get into football here, and to drag us into football, I wanted to do the NFL ESPN tiers because they both came out within like a week of each other. So we're going to start that off, Mike. Do you want to run through the through the list, or do you want me to run you guys? How about you run through it? All right, so we're going to start here with the major contenders. First up, it's the Lions, the Ravens, the 49ers, and the Chiefs. The next is they need a breakthrough in the playoffs. That's going to be Dallas, Bills, (laughs) and the (laughs) Dolphins. (laughs) I didn't hear Tyvis. All right. Next is teetering contenders. You've got Bengals and the Eagles. Okay. Next is on the right track. This is where we land with the Rams, Browns, Buccaneers, Texans, Jaguars, and Packers. You've got stuck in the middle with the Seahawks, Colts, and Vikings. In QB purgatory with Denver, Atlanta, the Steelers, Washington, and the Patriots. It could go either way. Is the Saints and the Jets (laughs) a new coach with the Raiders and the Chargers? (laughs) <laughs> rebuilding is the Panthers, the <coughs> Titans, and then still rebuilding are the Bears, Cardinals, and Giants. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, so That's ESPN, a lot of tiers. <laughs> ESPN did 10 tiers for this. They did all 32 teams for the NFL. They only That's did the ridiculous. playoff teams for the NBA. But essentially, we could erase the bottom couple categories for the Browns. The main ones we want to focus on are, I guess, teetering contenders, headed in the right direction, need a postseason breakthrough, or stuck in the middle. Or I guess if you really want to put me in QB purgatory, I guess – that's up to you. I'm not going to do that. But do you think the Browns are placed properly in the headed in the right direction category? I Jason? stopped listening after where I saw the Cowboys because they're way too high. I said that's why Cowboys I are way too high too. <laughs> that's <laughs> why I laughed. Way too high. Like, well, but the name the out. name of the category is need a postseason breakthrough, which is accurate. But I think you could say that about 31 teams <laughs> in the NFL yeah. outside of Kansas City. Yeah. So I would say a poorly named category. I would say the Browns is on the is in the right category, right track. I mean, that, if they would have won. A playoff game, maybe you could put them in the teeter and contenders. I mean, they got the Texans. Texans beat them, and they're in the same category there. But st- we forget though, the Texans were not a great regular season team. Like they barely snuck into the postseason. They needed Jacksonville to, to lose. lose to Tennessee to get yeah. in. So yeah. I don't want to put too much stock into one playoff win. Yeah, we had the Anthony Bell on the show yesterday. By the way, if you missed the interview with the Anthony Bell, I highly recommend you go back and watch. He stayed with us for an hour. By the way, oh great. wow, came great. in, hung out. Great dude. It was. Well, it, it was essentially it was just like if we were sitting in a locker room talking. Yeah. It yes, was awesome. Yeah. He, exactly he was, was phenomenal. Like I highly, highly recommend it. Great guy. Great insight. Was honest, open. He was making fun of G. Bush. Like it, it was. It was awesome. Yeah, G. Highly, stood highly. back and let him do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, had to, I had to step in for G. Like hey, it, hey, hey. It hey. got. It got. He got so comfortable with us. That we showed him the bonk montage that we're gonna play next week when, when Bulls back after the show. So it he was awesome. Highly, highly recommend. But as he said yesterday, we played a terrible, we picked a terrible day to play our worst game. Yeah. So I'm not gonna hold one win in that high of regard for the Texans. Yeah. I'm also not gonna crucify the Browns and hold it against them in this kind of ranking after one bad game. So yeah. just wanna put that into context for everybody. Yeah. No, I think that that the Browns are probably in the right spot. I like I I truly did stop listening for a minute because I couldn't believe the Cowboys were that high. <laughs> But the Browns, you you think they're on the right track. You hope they're on the right track. I think they got a long ways to go to catch them some teams at top in front of them, and we'll see if rebuilding the offense does that or not. I have my doubts, but we'll see. You wait, rebuilding what offense? The Browns. The Browns. Yeah, built from the ground up. I'm not even sure it's a rebuild. It's a start over. Yeah. What? Well. It's a complete I, 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 deconstruction. That's because I don't know. I don't know what it is going to look like. Right. Well, that's why it's a reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, because you coming into the season last year, he was like, at worst, we could still run the ball. 
what Nick Chubb is. We don't know what we're gonna get from Nick Chubb, and you got all these offensive linemen that you gotta. It's it's I don't know. Maybe to me, it's it's blind optimism and hope. But I actually think the Browns are one category too low here. And I'm gonna use Jason Lloyd and something he said oh, on our show in January as a kind of reason to why they're actually one category too low. With Joe Flacco at quarterback last season, mm-hmm. to enter the playoffs, we did on our Friday WKYC show. Who's going to make the Super Bowl? And the man to my right picked Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns to reach the Super Bowl. So, in theory, they're going to make some ancillary moves. that They may get better. They may get worse in free agency. I would expect them to get better because Andrew Barry's a wizard at bringing guys in that fit their system. In theory, Deshaun Watson should be a major upgrade over Joe Flacco at quarterback. And you would think (coughs) and you would hope that with all this collection of different philosophies coming together in the offensive room, regardless of who's calling plays – They'll be able to get more out of Deshaun Watson than we've seen up to this point in a Browns uniform. And if you look at the roster as a, as a whole, if you felt comfortable they might be a Super Bowl contender last season with Joe Flacco, and you think, and, and I don't want to put this on you, I think Deshaun Watson will be an upgrade over Joe Flacco this, this upcoming season. He better be. And, and also, yes, he better be, but I don't know how they'd be on, on, on the right track and not on a teetering contender. I thought they were a teetering contender last season despite the quarterback carousel they had to deal with. And now with the Deshaun, a healthy Deshaun Watson, hopefully, who are the I think teams? it puts them in the same category with Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Yeah. Who are those teams? Philly. Just Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Just those two. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily a tier higher than the Cleveland Browns heading to 2024. I think I, I don't know that I can put them in the same. Uh, the Eagles totally unraveled last year, though. They did. But the Bengals with Burrow, I, I don't know that you can put the Browns in that category. I don't know. What? I, why not? Why not? The only reason that they're there is because they went to the Super Bowl. Before. Okay, that's a pretty good reason. But their defense is not Browns the same. Browns didn't win a playoff game. But the defense and that's that, why I said they're in the right spot. When but I, the, the defense <laughs> that made it to the Super Bowl is not the same defense. Yes, fair. But until, I mean, listen, we need Deshaun to be healthy. He's got to play well, and then we'll see. But I, I, I would not put the Browns in the same category as the Bengals. If you guys want to, by all means, go ahead. I don't think they've earned that yet. Well, if we're going to say this. How can you say such a thing and they can't, the Bengals can't beat the Browns? In the regular season. They but haven't, they've played, been to the they haven't played in the they've been to Because the they haven't had to play the Browns. <laughs> oh, that's why? Yeah. That's why? <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> what? It's a fact. Am I wrong? The Browns beat the Bengals oh, dang there all the time. So if the Bengals are fully healthy, Burrow's fully healthy, and they're fully loaded and ready to go, and the Browns are fully healthy, fully loaded, and fully ready to go, you think the Browns are going to beat the Bengals in a playoff game and go to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. I disagree. Where's the game being played? In Ohio. Tom Benson Stadium. Split the difference. Well, even if you want to say that two teams should be in the teetering, I mean, they're it's close. It's close. I'd put them above Philadelphia at this point. I mean, because Philadelphia, you're taking a lot of a lot of bets and a lot of gambles on a defense that was horrendous last season. They unraveled last year. Completely unraveled. Ooh, they brought an entire new defensive Patricia staff, entire things. new offensive staff. You have to still believe in Jalen Hurts to the capacity that. He's an MVP candidate. Last season, he was not. I mean, they have more weapons on the outside for sure, but that's an aging team that I think had their window and it's on the decline as opposed to the Browns, who theoretically, with the integration of a healthy Deshaun Watson and a healthy Nick Chubb next season, to whatever capacity Chubb comes back, are on the way up as opposed to Philadelphia on the way down. I don't know if the Browns – I think the Browns – I wouldn't say the Browns are on their way up. These guys are like – they are, they are who they are. Ooh. Nick Chubb is who he is. Miles Garrett is who he is. It's a really good team, but this isn't a young team that's well, going to get better and better and better. Like, they but are from who la- they are. From last season, if this is where they were last season, yeah. with at the end of the year, you have Jerome Ford, 
whenever Nick Chubb comes back, do you do you think Jer- uh, Nick Chubb in any capacity this season would be better than Jerome? Oh, for back? sure. Of okay, course. so that, that's an upgrade offensively. Deshaun Watson versus Joe Flacco. That's a big question mark. Granted. But you would think and, and you would hope Deshaun Watson is an upgrade at the quarterback. He better look be. at the receiver room. I just refuse to believe Andrew Barry will not make some sort of necessary and legitimate improvement to that group. But so they I, like, I think but the they like their the room. It, once again, you can't believe Andrew Barry. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's a bad person, but he's paid to lie to us. <laughs> he's paid to that's lie a, to us. That's his, literally part of his job. We think he lies? When he says we're happy with the wide receiver room, yes, that's a lie. They were talking up Elijah Moore in Indianapolis. Again? Career year. Oh, stop it. I'm just telling you. Stop it. <laughs> Who? Yes! I was a year early. <laughs> yes! No, they they we, were saying last year was a career year for him. We are back, baby. That's right. I said it last year. Elijah Moore going to be the X Factor. And he was trending that way. He got hurt. <laughs> he was what? He got hurt. He was what? He got hurt. Did he not get a concussion? So you're saying he was the X factor of their offense last season? He would have been, but not for that concussion. Why? Well, for the first 16 weeks of the season, he took he took him off. He was saving. He was saving himself for the postseason. Yeah, the concussion happened. Pretty, okay. yeah, that's right. I, I'll buy that. He, he nah. <laughs> y'all sick, y'all sick. No, he was fine last. He was a perfect number three last year. They need a number two. Well, after the Joku, you put him after the Joku. I'm taking tight ends out of the equation, just for as far oh, as receiver he, goes. Well, Amari's a legit one. Wait a minute, because in closing minutes of games, who was who was the person that they tried to get the ball? Oh, no, Joku's phenomenal. He's a top, I ain't talking, top five, he's six He's talking about the receiver. I'm talking room. just the receiver. I room. am, too. Yeah. In closing minutes, who was open and they couldn't get the ball to him? Number eight. Number eight. What play are you talking about here? Uh, what, 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 let's see. San Francisco game, they tried to get it to him. They oh, who was the, the quarterback in that San Francisco game? Philip, oh, he was open. He couldn't get the ball to him. Hmm. What was the final hmm. score of that game? They could have missed a kick. What, what was the final score of that game? Nineteen seventeen. Okay. Offensive explosion. Okay, just Walker. What's his record? You are not pulling me into this it's, hole. I, I, what was his I, record again? It does, whenever Tyvis is on the show, and I love Tyvis, somehow we get into a PJ Walker debate. No, no matter how it starts, we get into a PJ Walker. You are not pulling me into this hole. But they do, said, do you think what was his record? Tyvis, let me ask you this: Did he? Is he not a winner? You are not pulling me. Let me ask you this, Thomas. <laughs> honest answer. Is Elijah Moore a legitimate two in the NFL? And don't tell me David and Joku. This is this is just receiving room. Is Elijah Moore a number two or the Browns need to upgrade their number two wide receiver position this offseason? Given what he did last season, no, he was not a number two last season. So if that's the case the Browns should be looking to go get a number two that could potentially become a number one. Yes. And Elijah Moore will be pretty good off of that. He'll be a great number three for this upcoming season. I agree with that. Perfect. I think yeah. you, I think he'd be a good number three. If he's a number he's three, a fine number it's three. A, and you have then said your Tillman's like But he'll end four. up becoming the number two. Although I don't know if you're trading a number two draft pick for a number three receiver. That sounds a little backwards. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well, he wants, he didn't live up to, he did not live up <laughs> to what his swap, expectation. Let's just say Let's that. Keep it real. They gave up a second round pick. A pick swap. They didn't, he didn't live up to receiver. his expectation. Would he have been, who, what we give up? A second round pick for him? Yeah. I need to 40, know who, it was a 40 who was the pick? second round receipt. Let me hold on. Let me y'all go ahead. I got to look up the second round. I mean, receipt. technically he did have a career year last year, but that's an awfully low bar. 59 catches, 640 yards. Those are career highs. Two touchdowns was not, but Elijah Moore did. It was have, a career year. He did have career highs and catches and yards, but certainly more was expected of him than what he produced. I just need to see who David Bell also had a career year. Based on one he, game against he, the Bengals. Just saying like, like <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he would. He, have, he had a better year than Jonathan Mingo from Carolina, so that was worth it. Dang, he did not have a better year than Jaden Reed. No, he did not plus have he's a better a, year than Rasheed Rice. Plus, he's a third year dude. You're comparing him against rookies. Marvin Mims. Yeah, I guess they maybe they could have kept that second round pick and got somebody else. Oh, that's see. the point I've made before: is where they're, where they're drafting these receivers. All the top guys are off the board, so you're you're the trying ne- to find that needle in a haystack. Yeah, at you're, that point. the target you're shooting at is so narrow. Like we could have got Josh down. If you use your second round pick on a receiver, you give yourself a lot bigger target you're shooting at because there's a lot more out there. And I know the Browns have other needs than receiver. And even if they sign someone in free agency, like I'm all for using that 54th pick on a receiver. We talked about it on, I guess Tuesday about the combine. Yeah. And how it doesn't really matter. You know, Tyvis put it the whole. Soliloquy uh, that we did at the start of the show here on it's all about your tape. What you run at the forty, what you bench press, like it doesn't really matter. There are like ten to fifteen really good receivers in this class. Mm-hmm. Like talk about this upcoming this year. upcoming draft yeah. where there should be someone in the past. You know, at fifty four, you may be like ah, the, the, the top four, five, six guys we like are going to be gone. Well, that list may not be four, five, six this season. There's going to be three in the top ten. There's there's eight nine ten guys who could be available. I think outside the, of that top three at fifty four. I think the problem becomes the like when you're doing this scouting. I think the problem that they look at is you got to look at your wide receiver room and you'll say, "What don't we have as a wide receiver? Like, what is the piece that we're missing? Is it just an explosive guy? Okay, well then let's go. Then they go say, "Well, let's go look at the forty times." Stuff like that. Let's go get a blazer. Do we need a big body guy? Yeah, we, we ain't got one of those. I think that's kind of why they drafted Secretary Tillman because yeah. they knew they, they were moving on from DPJ. DPJ yeah. So it was like, let's just get his replacement with this third round pick. He's not that slow. He ran a 4 5, so it's like, and he had big playmaking ability. So I think when you go into this year's draft, what's the mindset? Like, what type of receiver are we looking for? 
Are we looking for another blazer again? Or are we looking for a guy that runs really good routes? Like, it's so many different type of wide receivers that I think that they're going to like, – essentially, you want to take the best available and just use him that way. But I think right now the wide receiver room dictates the type of receiver that they want to get, if that makes sense. And there's a lot of different options. I mean, you got yeah. Like, in today in the draft, just a few names. Who knows if they'll be there at, at 54 or not, but Brian Thomas of LSU – Burner, great deep threat. Troy Franklin of Oregon, a guy who is big, athletic. He's like 6'3", uh, 220, but runs a 4, or supposed to run a 4'3", 4, 4440. Xavier Worthy from Texas, he got a burner. Then there are other guys. Lad McConkey's not a burner. Speed guy kind of from the slot. Shifty, gets open. There's a bunch of different so options. That's what I'm saying. See, are you looking for a slot? Well, but I'm saying the Browns <laughs> should have more than just oh, we got to take the best available guy at 54 because he's the only one we like in that range left. There's enough good receivers in this draft that I anticipate a couple of those guys being available at 54, if hey, not moving up to <coughs> take your pick of the whoever's list. Doing the, whoever is looking at it and analyzing it, they, they need to do a better job because they continuously keep missing. But Jason is right. You know, you're talking about picking out of the third round. At that point, it was only like one – Difference maker, two difference makers at that point. That was Puka was still there yeah. and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross yeah. St. Brown, yeah. Yeah, so it's like those the, are the two that I think you could say that they missed on with where they picked. Yeah. But a lot of other teams missed on those guys too. Yeah. yeah. So it's second round, you should 54th pick. It's, it's somebody still there, but you just got to make sure it's the right one. You got to make sure because you're really drafting, if you don't address it in free agency, you got to, you're really drafting, you're drafting a guy. starter. Yeah, you're drafting the number two that's going to learn under Coop for a year and needs to have, by the end of this season, he should be a guy that we look at like how Tank Dale was. Like, oh, look at this dude. He should be making plays like that. Yeah. So back to the tiers real quick. Whether they're one too low, one too high, they're right in the right range with the right teams, just to put a cap on this, right? Yeah. I'll feel like, relatively speaking, ESPN did a halfway decent job, at least with the top guys putting teams in the right spot. And what's up? Hey guys, before we move on to our next topic, I want to remind everybody that you can go get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players, teams with bets, uh, quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, <coughs> and much more. You guys just have to visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.